welcome to the aggressive life. Today, I don't have a special guest. I don't have anything. I just got something I've I've had in my mind, and I'm going to tell Dirt about it. I'm going to tell you about it at the same time. And it came to me actually this morning in a group of guys I got to I get together with, and. We started talking about how it is you're doing with your personal energy. Now, here's here's what I'm saying. I have been spending regular time with groups of men for decades, decades. Every week, a group of men or two groups of men a week for decades. I've not spent that much time with women. I spend a lot of time with women. I work with women on the staff, the organization I, I lead. I I have I, uh, I work with women when and on the board that I sit on. I, I, I work with women a lot, but in terms of getting into the deep inner spaces in people's lives, I'm much more qualified to speak to men because I spend time with a lot of men have for a long, long time and do man camp with thousands of people and just seeing guys in a lot of situations. So what I'm going to talk about here right now may be equally applicable for a woman, but I don't know because I haven't spent as much time with you. If this doesn't speak to you directly, maybe this will at least help you understand your boyfriend, your husband, your dad. I had a guy today in my men's group He told me that he had recently come through a midlife crisis, which I was actually initially bothered by. Like, what are you talking about? Me and another guy were there like, you did? Did you even tell us about it? What are you talking about? And and he ended up did telling us, uh, maybe he spent five minutes on it. And it got me down this, this road of, I think that we misunderstand what a midlife crisis is. A lot of times what gets passed off as a midlife crisis is something that is very catastrophic. And it has a defined marker to it. Like, I had an affair. Midlife crisis, I had an affair. Or there's some purchase. Midlife crises do happen. They don't happen with everybody. And the other misnomer is, there is no such thing as a midlife crisis. There are multiple crises. Multiple. The problem with us in our culture is we keep getting fed a narrative from the world, which doesn't work. In the Bible, uh, it goes again and again, reminding us that there's God's way and there's the world's way. The way that God has wired things and we can follow along with them and benefit, or there's the way that the world operates, which is wired against the way of God. The world puts all kinds of narratives on us that do not work, which is why Suicide and depression and anxiety are at an all-time high because what the world wants doesn't work. It does not work. (laughs) It is not possible for you to always be up in the right. It is not possible. Can't do it. What the world would not tell us, and this goes for every worldview, every religion, Christianity, Islam, atheism, agnosticism. I'll speak to all of us equally. We're all in this thing called the human race and we are all creatures of God. Every single creature has periods of downtime, periods of stress, periods of inactivity. 
I've been working on a 1978 CJ7. When's the last time we talked about that? I always wonder uh, if I should. a couple of weeks. I have. So I've t- given everybody the backstory on it, you know? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. So I've been restoring this, and my 78 CJ7, it is a, it's a creation. And as I'm working on this, I rebuilt the engine. I'm rebuilding the transfer case. And I'm looking at gears that are worn out in this transfer case. And they may, they may be worn out for the second time. This Jeep has spent significant garage time. As I'm working on this, I'm realizing, you know, there's been long periods of my life where I've been in the garage. And I would have been really nice if someone just said to me, dude, you're a creation. And things are created, have periods and seasons where they go in the garage, where they get wrenched on, they get gears replaced. And when they don't go anywhere, they don't move anywhere. When the average man believes that he's a productivity machine, that he can never stop moving, he can never stop being productive, and he doesn't wire his life, his mindset, his finances, anything around anything other than more productivity up and to the right. And as soon as he can't do that anymore, which it will happen, it will happen multiple times when you cannot do it anymore. That's when the awful crash happens right there. In the Bible, God orders the world and therefore orders us to need times in the garage. I'll use that metaphor. Sometimes we say times of Sabbath or seasons of Sabbath. I'll just say times in the garage because it's fresh for me right now. God mandates that all of creation, all people take one day a week away from their normal stress and hustle bustle and connect with him and recreate. That's where we get recreation. It's called taking a Sabbath. God ordered the nation of Israel, ancient nation of Israel, to have a jubilee year that was like, Uh, Here's a year, we're going to forgive all debts and everyone chill. There's no evidence at all that people ever did that, but that was in the system, built in garage time. There was festivals and all sorts of things that were built into the way God wanted his people to operate. And we think we're immune from that because the world wants to tell us that we are immune from that. We're here to be productivity machines. We are not human doings. We are human beings. And the world will have none of us ever slowing down or ever actually phoning it in. Um, how do you handle when you're just you're just worn out? What what do you do? There's a couple tips for you. First of all, recognize you're what's known as normal. You're normal. Yeah, great. Welcome to the world. You're not Superman. You're not Superwoman. You are normal. Welcome to the fraternity of normal. You're normal. I'm sorry. I'm sorry your bubble burst that you're not Superman. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry that uh, you got disillusioned. That's really good because your illusion got dissed. If you thought that you could go forever at the same pace you went when you were at the top of your game, sexually, mentally, emotionally, occupationally at 23 or 33, whatever, whatever the age was, you look back like I had more energy than I'm And you thought it was going to continue like that. You, you, you were illusioned and you just got, you just dissed your illusion because we're all like this. All of us. This is what you're seeing with Elon Musk right now. We're seeing what happens when somebody doesn't park himself in the garage. 
People are talking about is Elon Musk far right weird person? Is Elon Musk uh, uh, a mental illness? Does he have this? This he? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not on any of those monikers we want to give him. But what's happening with him is he's having an old school midlife crisis. He is acting in a way that you act when you've never been parked in the garage and you can't park in the garage right now because you have too many people to employ, too many creditors to pay, too many inventions that you've already declared that you're going to do, too many dreams that you've already said that you can accomplish, too many quarterly earnings reports. He's put himself in a corner where he can't, it is not possible for him to be healthy and maintain the image that the world has told him that he has to maintain. And so therefore, we get to watch somebody's gears break off right before our eyes. He is normal. I'm sorry, Elon Musk is what's called normal. He's more creative than me. He is richer than me. He perhaps has more natural energy than me. He is definitely smarter than me. But at the end of the day, Elon Musk is Elon Musk. Elon Musk is normal. You cannot live your life expecting not to go in the garage. Or as another friend at the at the group this this morning, we went around. I just asked people, so where are you? Are you going into the garage? Are you in the garage? Or are you out of the garage? And a friend of mine said, well, I got to keep taking the metaphor further. He said, I've just gotten T-boned, like massive crisis, just crushed him out of nowhere. Bam. And uh, sometimes we're put in there because we get crushed. So this is step one. Step one, when it happens to you, when it happens to you, take stock and pat yourself on the back that says, hmm, I'm normal. Next thing I would say, be okay with doing absolute minimum. Your employer probably expects 40 hours a week from you. Give them 40 hours and don't feel bad about it. Be okay doing absolute minimum. You may read the written report that you hand in to your boss. You may reread it three times to make sure typos and everything is out. When you're in this season, you don't have energy to reread it three times. Read it once, good enough get it off to them. And you just recognize you're just, you're just living with limited energy. Be okay to operate at minimum capacity for a season. You have to do this. Those who refuse to operate at minimum capacity or just park themselves in a garage, you will do something really, really stupid and really destructive. If you can see that right now it's a garage period, I just got to go in for the tire change, for the tune-up, however long it lasts, three months, six months, one year, two years, whatever it is. If you just see yourself as this, it's just a temporary thing. Give yourself the permission for this. That's step two. Let me talk about this for a little bit. Maybe this is personal to me because those of you who have... Uh, know me on a personal level, know that I've been parked in the garage for much of the last three years. I've called it a desert. I've called it um, painful. It's just been, I, I don't want to go all into it here all, but it's been really, really tough. I, right now, I am doing great. I mean, I am just, uh, in fact, I'm doing so great right now. I'm doing so great. I told Dirt, let's add something new to my schedule. When, how often do I do that? I've never, I don't think I've ever heard you say that before. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, how long have you been doing Aggressive Life? Oh, three years. Okay. So yeah. you've really only known me yeah. as a podcast for three years, which is how long I've been in the garage. I haven't been totally wiped out, disassembled, but I've not been myself for three years, right? Mm. So I'm thinking of new things to do right now. So I said, dude, I got something right now. Let's go in the studio. I got something right now. Let's, let's go, you know. I am operating at really high effectiveness right now. I'm looking forward to doing things. I am adding things to my plate. Whereas for the last three years, I was like, no, 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 don't add that to my plate. And when someone would add something to my plate, I would just, I would just bumble through it. I just didn't have any energy for it. Before I, I just, I just didn't. The goal of my life for the last couple of years was to not say anything stupid in a meeting. That was the goal. <laughs> Don't say anything stupid that you have to apologize for. I knew that I was in the garage. I knew that I was in a crisis moment. Was it midlife crisis? Was it desert? Was it depression? Was it I, maybe a little bit of all the all of them? I don't I don't know. But here's what I know: you've got you've got to know. Okay, this is a season. This is a time period where I've got to crank it back. Do you need to tell your boss that if you have a boss? I don't know. You have to figure that. You have to figure that out. But I'm just telling you, you're gonna have to make modifications. That's that's the second thing I would I would tell you. Today's podcast is brought to you by Athletic Greens. It's a product I use every day. I started taking AG1 because I don't watch my diet too closely, but I know that I'm getting all the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients I can, as well as hydrating with 12 ounces of water right off the bat at the beginning of the day. One scoop of AG1 has got 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens, and it doesn't taste like it. It actually tastes great. AG1 is a micro habit with big benefits. For less than $3 a day, you can take care of your health and invest in your future. It's recommended by professional athletes, health experts, and me. <laughs> to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packets with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash aggressive life. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash aggressive life to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. So go get you some and let's get back to the show. 10,000. What is 10,000? Other than one number larger than 9,999. It's a clothing company that has amazing training gear. Oh my goodness. It is really, really solid stuff. I like how it, I like the cut of it. I like the durability of it. It's really good. So if you're training for anything, a marathon, a big hunt, or just hitting the weights, you want this gear, you can get it now and you can save 15% off your purchase. Go to 10,000.cc and enter the code aggressive life. That's T E N T H O U S A N D dot C C and then enter the code A G G R E S S I V E L I F E to get 15% off. 10,000 offers free shipping, free returns, a lifetime guarantee. It's really, really quality stuff. Go get yourself some and I'll see you out there. 
Third thing, be very aware of destructive temptations that come your way. All temptations are destructive. All temptations want to destroy us. I'm not talking about the temptation to have an extra piece of cake. There are certain temptations that we get really freaked out about. I'm not talking about those temptations. I'm talking about the temptations of you walk out of your office and it's very obvious what the path is to the meeting room or to the bathroom. But you intentionally take a different path because there's a woman there that makes a little emotional deposit in you who you're not married to and you're married to somebody else. I'm talking about that. That's a temptation. Is it a sin to talk with a woman you're not married to? No. No. Is it even a sin to take a different path in the office to talk with a woman you're not married to? No, 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 no. Is it, is it a sin to be tempted? No, it's not. Jesus was tempted in the wilderness for 40 days. By the way, Jesus was parked in a garage 40 days. It sucked. It was awful. He wasn't hearing from God. Uh, and he never sinned. So temptation in itself is not a sin. We didn't succumb to it. The more you're putting yourself in the position of being tantalized with something that you should not ultimately do, like get emotionally connected, which precedes being physically connected, that's when it goes from being a midlife crisis to a midlife catastrophe. And then not only do you have to deal with how do you get your energy reserves back, you then got to deal with how do I clean up a mess that I just created Ouch. And wow. What other temptations are you uniquely prone to now? If you don't drink, if you're not a person who drinks, you all of a sudden might feel a temptation to start drinking. I don't think drinking is bad. I think drinking, I like drinking. I drink, I don't know, not every day, but I drink, have a few drinks a week. But I'll tell you, if you're not a drinker, and then all of a sudden, you're going, I should start drinking. I would tell you, no, you do, this is not the time. You're not the person to drink because you're at a low point right now. You're not, you're not in a mountaintop. We're at, at the highest points of your life. You didn't need to celebrate with alcohol before, but now you're at a low point. You want to experiment with alcohol. You're in the valley. Don't make any decisions when you're in the valley. Maybe that's probably point number four. Don't make any decisions, life-altering decisions in the valley. Wait till you get to a mountaintop again, and you will. But you're not going to get the mountaintop if you succumb to these capital T temptations, capital S sins. That's the third piece of advice I get. And fourth, I just gave you the fourth one. Fourth is don't make any big decisions. I was in a place where the nuclear option was there. I thought, man, I don't, I just don't know if I can go anymore. I don't, I don't know what, what what does it look like. I don't, I don't know if I can do it anymore. I don't know if I want to do it anymore. And I don't, I don't, I don't know how. I, 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 and as I shared some of my inner turmoil and some of my decisions with my men's group, all of whom, by the way, I'm their pastor, I'm, I'm their friend and their pastor. That they actually can see me in both ways. <laughs> I freaked them out because I told them about what nuclear options I was considering for my life. Freaked them. I didn't know how much I freaked them out until they told me about a year afterwards or six months of a year, a year after the words. 
freaked them out. And I knew as I was discussing different options, um, I knew I wasn't qualified to make any of those decisions. I knew it because I was, I was in a valley. I knew it. Don't make any big decisions. Five, take somebody in the garage with you. Invite somebody over to your garage. You got to do it. Male loneliness is the harshest epidemic our country has ever seen and you may have ever seen. You need to be around other people and they need to hear you talk about the things you're afraid to articulate. You need to give them the opportunity to comfort you, give them the opportunity to possibly encourage you. This is why step six, my final six step I'll say is start preparing for your time in the garage right now when you're outside the garage. This is not a talk just for those of us who are in the garage trying to give you freedom to be okay with being in the garage. It's okay to be, hey, hey, everyone's either on their way in the garage, in the garage, or came out of the garage. Everybody. And everybody will go through all three of those phases. It's when we're out of the garage that we need to fortify ourselves for when we go back in the garage. That means having the right relationships around us. That means we're having the right friends. The most important investment a man makes is not in his 401k because that's what the world says. That's an investment. An investment is something you put in the bank to give you more money later because all the world cares about is money. And that's why Jesus talks more about money than anything else because a massive competitor. Money can be an investment. But the most important investment you'll ever make is in people. Because that is something that will give you something that money cannot give you. It will give you love. Money will never give you love. Your friends will give you love. It will give you encouragement. Money will never encourage you. You'll feel good about yourself if you have a lot of money in the bank. It will never encourage you. That investment in people will give you comfort. Your money will never give you comfort. It will make you feel more comfortable but when you're in the garage, money is just an inanimate object. It's as inanimate as a, as a Jeep is. It will never comfort you. It cannot. So we need to be making a priority to invest time and money into friendships, the people who are in our life, when we're out of the garage. Because when we're in the garage, it's going to be really tough to convince somebody to come in and do something for us that we haven't already been doing for them. One of the things that I'm, <clears throat> I'm doing in 2023 is I, I ha- I'm on a Bible reading plan. I haven't been on a Bible reading plan for a while. Uh, I read an app pretty much every day, the Crossroads app that has Bible on it. It's a chapter, and I oftentimes journal on that. Uh, I have other Bible things I have to read for my job and prepare for things. So I'm, I'm a regular Bible reader, but it's been a while since I've been on an actual plan. Like, this is what you must read today. So I said, yeah, I think it's th- this year be, be, be good on the plan. So the plan I'm doing this year is, uh, uh, I'm not sure if it's called the Machane plan or the McCain plan. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. M apostrophe C-H-E-Y-N-E from an old Scottish preacher. And it's read through the whole Old Testament in a year and the New Testament twice in a year. Mm. 
since it's a definitive plan, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm almost through right now with the book of Genesis and for a few years, haven't read the whole book of Genesis through, through, I've just, you know, seen like snippets here and there. I didn't realize, or I'd forgotten the time span between when Abraham, God gave him a vision in Genesis 12 verse two to be a blessing to all the nations and through you, all people will be blessed. Do you know what the, do you know what that span of time was from that until when he actually had a son? Yeah, it's like, it's like 25, 30 years, right? 25 years. Yeah. 25 years. Wow. So he has this vision and then uh, through, through, through the time, God says that your descendants are going to multiply like stars. So it's 25 years, 25 years until it starts. Not 25 years till his descendants multiply like the stars. Not 25 years until he has five kids. It's 25 years of hard difficulty until it starts. Mm. And then there's us. We have a vision. We have a dream. And like, if I'm not seeing anything happen this month, this year, something's wrong. Yeah, what's wrong is we believe in the ways of the world that says you can strategize everything that's significant. The ways of the world that tells you you should have results every quarter. That's what's wrong. If we're going to have our scope on eternity, if we want a God-sized vision, we've got to be accepting of a God timeline, which for some is going to be immediately up and to the right and maybe maintain more up and to the right than other people. But for most of us, it's going to be much more gradual. It's going to be much more halting. It's going to be much more slowed than we would like to. And this causes us to go in that crisis because we feel like I'm not keeping up. I'm not, I thought I, I thought I had the path, but it's not happening. I thought I heard from God, but I'm not, I'm not measuring up. And no, no, no. You may be on the right path, doing the right thing. It's just, this is the way God operates at the end, beginning of every day. You're nothing more than a creature that's loved by him and must be aware of the maintenance schedule that may include a crisis or two. Hope that was helpful for you. Do something different. We'll see you next week on The Aggressive Life. Hey, thanks for listening. For all things aggressive living, why don't you head over to bryantome.com. Find my new book, Move, a guide to get up and go forward, as well as articles and much, much more. And no matter where you listen to podcasts, why don't you take a second and leave us a rating, leave us a review. It really, really helps us drive new listeners to the show. We want to help as many people as possible, just like we may have helped you. We want to help others. So why don't you help us out? And if you want to connect, find me on Instagram at Brian Tome. The Aggressive Life with Brian Tome is a production of Crossroads Church, Cincinnati, Ohio.